You're listening to the Volleyball by Design podcast. Today, we are going to talk about the spe- the special ingredient, I want to call it, to building a championship culture, having a championship organization. You know, you ever wonder why some programs, some organizations always are in positions to win, whether it's always making the playoffs or always making the championship match or winning championships. There is always ingredients that go into these special organizations. And we're gonna talk about one specific one today. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm Coach Brian Singh. And after 11 years coaching competitive volleyball and as a head coach of a college team, I've become obsessed with helping athletes and coaches improve their knowledge and skills of the game by teaching them how to train efficiently and effectively to ultimately reach their volleyball goals. I've created the Volleyball by Design podcast to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies so you can get clarity and apply what you learn right away. This is the Volleyball by Design podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 42 of the Volleyball by Design podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today and uh, joining me on another episode where I hope to give you guys some good value, some insights into uh, my philosophy of the game, and that you can take that and apply to your teams right away. So for those of you that have uh, that are regular listeners, welcome back. Thank you. If you're a new listener, no problem. You got about 41 episodes to get caught up on. Uh, you know, I, I appreciate everyone who tunes in on a regular basis. And we actually, I got a new, I got a I got a review on the pod uh, lately, which is really nice. Um, it was by Disney World Seven, so thanks Disney World Seven for uh, the really, really nice uh, review that you get. You said it was your favorite coaching podcast, and I appreciate it. And I'm, I, I like, it, you know, it's good because it, it gives me a chance to see what people like. And you know, um, uh, this person said that each episode is about actual situations or questions coaches and players may face, and it is all explained and broken down very well. So it's good that I get that feedback so I can continue, you know, doing uh, doing what I do. So thank you, Disney World 7, for that really nice comment. I appreciate it. And again, I read all the comments. Um, so for those of you that are out there, if you do like what you hear, please feel free to drop me a comment. I really appreciate it. And I don't know, I, I, I'm as recording this, I'm not sure if you guys hear an echo, but I cleaned out a room um, in my house and it seems like I cleaned too much stuff out because I'm getting a lot of echoing. So I got to figure out a way to minimize minimize the echo. I don't know if you're going to hear it on the other end when you're actually listening to this in your car or in your ear, in your headphones or whatever the case is. But if it's if it's a problem, I do apologize. And when I listen when I listen back to this, I'll try to make sure I fix that. So going forward, there's no echo. Uh, but today we are going to talk about. Um, you know, I've had a lot of coaches reach out to me recently talking about you know what. You know what type of things do you need? Do you have in your program to create that championship program, that structured organization that you know is going to be successful, regardless of the personnel? Meaning, regardless of whatever players you have there, you're always going to be competitive, and things are going to happen. And you know, it goes back to that culture, that culture conversation. It's it's a word that's thrown out there a lot in sports. And, you know, what does that mean? How do you have positive culture or competitive culture? And you know, things like that. So I'm going to give you one secret ingredient today. Uh, and this right away, when you start implementing this and start developing this on your own, you're going to see a much more structured uh, team and a team that is held accountable for certain things. All right. And it's a really simple ingredient. And 
I don't want you to take this lightly. I don't want you to be like, oh, I already know that I'm, or I'm already doing this. I want you to listen to see if maybe you're, you're not doing things the, the way that you could be doing it or if you just can get an idea or two from what I'm going to talk about. And that is really simple as creating what we call a volleyball manual. So we have a men's volleyball manual. Um, this can also be called like a player coach contract things like that. Now, a lot of cases, if you're a club coach listening to this, sometimes your club will already have a contract or um, a code of conduct or a player coach, whatever that is, they may already have that. But I like our teams to have separate manuals or contracts because every team is different. Every team has a different culture. Every coach has different expectations. So I want you to, uh, to, to, to create this manual based on whatever culture you want to see in your gym. And it, it can change year to year. You can update it. Um, I had a different uh, manual when I coached club versus uh, when I'm coaching the men's team now um, at the college. But they are extremely, extremely valuable. And I'm going to talk to you about you know what we have in ours and, and why they're so valuable. So it's uh, the, the, the men's volleyball manual is simply this. It is a document that composed of you know, whatever pillars you have, you know, are, you know, we have many pillars in ours, stuff like integrity, character, responsibility, respect, um, you know, things like that. So we have six pillars that we follow. Um, and then it also outlines the, the expectations of the athletes, any kind of code of conduct. Um, it, ex- it, it really goes into your culture, you know, what the athlete's responsibilities are and basically how you do things. And what's really cool about it is that at the end of this document, you sign it and your players sign it. Now, if you're coaching club, you're probably going to want to have a parent sign it as well. So that way everybody can be held accountable and we're all on the same page. This document alone will hold your players accountable as and your parents for that matter and the coaches too for that matter. And it's something that I think every single team needs to have. So what is in of men's volleyball manual, like what we have, or a player coach contract. Well, I'll I'll tell you a couple things. So I actually, inside Digital Volleyball Academy, I have an entire training on this manual. Uh, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to take snippets from this manual that I think are important um, that you should know. And if you're a DVA member listening to this, go listen to or go watch the Creating the Ultimate Experience for Your Athlete live training inside the membership. And there's an entire training on this. This is one part of the training. So go listen, go uh, take a look at that. Um, but if you're not a DVA member, you're still going to get some value because I'm going to uh, touch on a couple of things that I think are important. So one of the sections we have in the manual is called the dress code. Now, Dress code is is very important. I, I don't don't like when I walk into club teams, gyms, I, even in club, by the way, and I see players wearing different clothing. You know, sometimes sometimes I I see players wearing like another uh, team's like merchandise. Maybe they attended someone's club, like uh, clinic. Sorry, maybe they attended a clinic or a camp of some sort, and I see them that wearing that or just regular volleyball wear. It doesn't it doesn't strike me as unity. You know, there's a reason why when you see pro teams and when they're in practice, they're wearing team gear because that's who they represent. That's, that's their culture. That's their organization. That's who they are. They play for that team. So when you are in practice, you should be practicing in team wear. So when I coach club, um, we had, we, we bought uh, basketball reversible jerseys. So you can have like, 
because we, we like to have, you know, if we're scrimmaging, well, you're going to have like the blue team versus the white team because the jerseys were reversible. So you can get simple reversible jerseys and that could be your practice jersey with your team name on it. And it just, when you walk in our gym, you can tell right off the back that this is a team. Now, just close your eyes. If you're driving, don't close your eyes, but just picture walking into a practice and seeing two teams practicing. One team is in team wear and the other team is in just regular athletic wear. What team do you think will look more sound and structured regardless of what they're doing? What, what would look more like a team to you? Well, I would hope you'd say that because the right answer is going to be the team that is dressed in team wear. So you, it's just something that practice jerseys are a simple thing that creates that unity, that culture. It means business. It means we're, we're serious about what we're doing and we're representing our team when we're doing it. So it's very, very important that your team dresses the exact same way. Not, not, not shorts or, you know, shoes, but at least the t-shirt, if you want to do t-shirts, if you want the reversible jerseys are nice because you can, when you can do, when you have team games, right, you go one color versus the other color. I like that. And they're also easier to, you know, if you, if you can't wash it for the next practice, it doesn't you know stink that much and it's not that bad. Um, but they're, yeah, they're definitely very, very good. Um, and then that you can have your, 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 the player's number. So we have our player's numbers in the back of those practice jerseys and, and the team name in the front. So they're numbered as well. So it looks, it looks really good and it feels good. You know, the way you, the way you play, the way you dress, we are, we are a team. Sorry. I've been kind of babbling about that one point, but I hope you understand where I'm coming from. And also let's talk about dress code for games. Now, yes, uniforms are definitely something that you all have to wear no matter what. That's a volleyball rule, but what are the players wearing when they go to a game or when they go to a, a tournament? Do you have all players looking differently and then they only look the same when they're on the court? That's a problem for me. When your players are all at a tournament, they should all, you, and you, can, you guys can decide the dress code ahead of time. Are we wearing, are we, are we all wearing pants and this color t-shirt? Because you guys are all going to have uniform wearing and have t-shirts and pants and shorts or whatever. Or are we all in shorts and, and this t-shirt? Make that decision beforehand because that's important. You, you, you should be able to go to a tournament. And again, it's, it's, it's a, it's a organization structure thing. Imagine walking into a tournament and you see a team sitting down watching a game or whatever, and they're together and they're all in unison. That, that speaks volume versus a team that is just, you know, kind of everyone's wearing something different. They're kind of all over the place, et cetera. You know, if for for our men's, for our men's team, when we travel, we have travel dress code. So our guys are going on the bus, they're all wearing the same pants and they decide if they're gonna wear um, either their, their varsity jacket or a hoodie or whatever the case is. As long as they're all in the same outfit, we're good. So when we come off the bus and we're entering the arena, you know, we are all dressing alike. Now think, think about this, look at the pros. When pro teams are coming off their bus, they're all dressed like, and I can, I'm trying to let you guys, uh, like Team USA, Team Canada, uh, when they go out, when they go away and they, they come off buses, they're all in their in their team gear, right? That's just the way it is. I want you to think about when you're warming up on the court. When you're warming up on the court, is everybody wearing different things? You should be all warmed up in the same wear, in the same clothes, so pants or shirt or, or shorts and t-shirt, whatever the case is. Uh, the pants maybe not so much matters in this case, whether you guys are wearing the same pants or shorts because you're warming up, but you guys for sure should be in your warm-up t-shirt or your whatever you're wearing to warm up. So 
I, I know it may sound crazy, but these are little things that mean something. It's championship culture. When you're on the bench, right? Our guys on the bench, they're, they're not wearing their uniforms. They're wearing a, a jacket over the uniform or a sweater over the uniform. So they all, everyone on the bench is in unison. And then when they're ready to check in the game, they have to, if we're getting subbed, you know, their sweater comes off or their jersey comes off and they take it from there. So I hope you understand where I'm coming from when I'm just talking about dress code in practice, dress code when you enter a tournament, when you enter a gym, when you are actually warming up, and even post game. You know, when you're if you're at if you're at if you know if you're at a tournament, um, ideally you'd want to all be like in your offwear. So you'd have offwear dress codes for when you're just walking around in the in the arena or in the tournament gym or whatever the case is. But if it's after a match. Then yeah, then the players can you know wear whatever they want to wear after that because the match is over. They're all getting ready to go home, and and that's okay. So, dress code. I spent a long time talking about dress code because it's extremely important that you all have the same dress code. Now let's kind of go on to、uh, punctuality. So another big thing with us in our gym is punk. And by the way, this is all laid out in the men's volleyball manual in your coach's player contract or whatever the case is. So if practice starts at eight o'clock, our players are expected to be changed and ready by seven fifty-five. That is just the way it is.、Um, if they're late for practice or they're not going to be there for practice, they have to inform us at least twenty-four hours in advance.、Um, if they're now for us, if they're in therapy or they're injured and they have to be in therapy, they have to let us know twenty-four hours in advance as well. There's no coming late. Now I know you're going to say, well, you know, what about parents? You know, parents. Are driving their kids, and if the parent is late, like then you know what am I going to do? And you're right, you can't punish the kid if the parent is the one being late. However, the kid, the student, the athlete has to communicate that with you via text or email or however your or you know your WhatsApp group, whatever the communication that you guys do, they have to do that. And they can do that. Now, maybe not 24 hours in advance, but if they're running late, you know the kid has can't do anything about it. Well. You know, unfortunately, you have to tell your coach. Sorry, my mom is. You know, she ran late from work, and the, the coach can understand that's my ride and, and go from there. If the player doesn't text you that they're going to be late for practice, then it's on them, and that's when the that's when the issue happens. And then whatever you want to do about that is fine. Like we have now, there's two different philosophies on this. You can either have your entire team get a consequence for a player being late, whatever that consequence is, or you can just have the player. Uh, do the consequence for being late. Now, what we do at the beginning, here's what we do. So, if one player is late, then the team gets gets the consequence, right? So we we are a believer of you know we are one team. So if one player you know is, is performing poorly, then the entire team is going to perform poorly. You know, just like if one player is not is late for practice, then the entire team because they're they're one team. Now we do that. But if that player is consistently the problem, then the team won't get punished because then in that case, that's that's now the coaches have to step in and say, well, it's just like in a game. If a player is you know making a bunch of errors, well, they're probably gonna get subbed out, and someone else is gonna go in. So just like that, if a player continues to、um, unfortunately not you know abide by the men's volleyball manual or punctuality rule, then the player will get the consequence. And by then, it's gonna be normally like a suspension、uh, or something like that. See, at the college level, we don't have to worry about parents, but I understand club. You have to worry about parents, so you'll have to figure out what the best route of action for that is. And quite frankly, I was going to talk about this later, but I, I, since 
it kind of is flowing the conversation in the player coach contract that I do for club teams. I have a clause in there that states, um, you know, the coach can suspend or expel a player for any reason at any time during the course of the season. I always throw that in there because at the end of the day, you are the coach. You want to have full autonomy over your team. So that allows you to do that. And I, I explained to our, our parents at the parents meeting saying, listen, you know, I understand that things happen and, you know, and I explained to them that this, the player's responsibility to communicate that with the coach. And if they don't, then there's going to be consequences. And the, and if parents have issues with this, I give them an out. Like they don't have to sign and have their players sign on our team. They can go elsewhere. This is the way that I run our team. And it's really important that you have these conversations at the parents meeting way ahead of time so that they can make that call that, okay, this isn't the right team for us. This is way too serious. I want to go have, you know, on another team where they can be late whenever they want and still get to play. That's fine. There are teams, there are many teams like that, but you don't want that to be your team. Trust me. Um, because that's not championship culture. Okay. So punctuality is really, really important. Let's just make sure that we, um, we understand that. So other things that we have in our, in our men's volleyball manual is we have a section where we talk about the player agrees to, and then we list a bunch of things that the player agrees to. And, you know, certain things like, you know, the player agrees to be on time, you know, for any kind of practice, meetings, matches, et cetera. And what does on time mean? On time means that they're dressed in proper attire five minutes prior to the appointed start time. That's what that means. Okay. We also have things in there like the player agrees to set up and put away all team equipment at practices and help keep track of equipment at competition events. I understand that sometimes we have, well, of course, if you're at a tournament, you're going to, you might have a ball cart, you have, you'll have a set of balls. Um, you know, who knows what else you might have. So the, it's the player's responsibility, not the coaches, the players. Okay. And then we also have things like, you know, the player agrees to take pride in his play and the performance of the team. Okay, as, as well as make a serious effort to improve play and accept constructive criticism from the coaching staff when mistakes are made. So we have it spelled out in there. You're going to get feedback from the coaches and you have to be able to accept it. All right. Um, we also have things like the player agrees to not complain, behave negatively, participate in any clicks, you know, pout, act selfishly, or engage in any other behavior that undermines team chemistry and morale right in there that sentence right there is exactly what we're all about and that that's not tolerated so and you know it's going to happen you know players are going to sometimes behave negatively right it happens it's human nature but they agreed that they're not going to do that so you have to refer back to the manual and say listen that's not what we do that's not our culture and if they continue to do it you're gonna you might have consequences um to treat teammates with respect and not engage in gossip, criticizing other teammates behind their back, but rather speak to a teammate privately if a problem arises. If discussion does not conclude with a solution, then the coach must be aware of the problem. So we have that we have that clause in there. We understand that you know in it, 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 there's problems in teams sometimes, but there's we don't we don't tolerate any kind of gossip or talking behind teammates' backs. And if we as a coach, if I find that out. That's going to be a problem for both parties without it, or the person that's responsible for doing that. Sorry, not both parties. And they're going to get, they're going to get penalized for that because that's not the way we do things here. So we say it straight up. Um, now, 
this is this is no way in, in any means sexist. Please don't take this the wrong way. But I find that in my experience, it's the girls' teams that I have had to deal with this more than the boys' teams. And again, this is just my experience. This is not a fact. I'm not saying girls have more issues with the gossip and than the boys do. I'm not trying to make that, but I'm saying in my experience, I've seen that happen. And in people that I've spoken to, it seems to happen more on the girl side than the guy side. Okay, um, so it's really important to have this clause in there so that the girls know and the guys know that it's not tolerated. Another clause we have in there is the player agrees to actively show support to your teammates, especially when not on the court. And it's important to have that in there because players think that sometimes when they're on the bench, their their job is done. No, no, no. When you're on the bench, your job you need to be just as in the game as the players on the court. You need to be supporting them. You need to be strategically analyzing the game too, seeing what's going on. Um, this is a, this is another important one uh, in here. We have the player agrees to greet all teammates and coaching staff prior to practice and after practice. So when our players come in the gym before they get changed, before they do anything, they have to go and you know dap or five uh, high five their teammates as well as their coaches before they even touch a ball or get changed. Before they leave practice, they have to you know high five, dap, greet all their players and coaches. Again, little things like these come into a significant play when it comes to establishing that culture, okay? So really, really important. Um, I kind of mentioned this already about the, uh, the the dress code, but we have, a, we have a special clause in there that we talk about travel, um, and it's important, right? Like your appearance, the way you dress is really important, so they have to be in team apparel when they're traveling, for, for us, especially now for in club, if people are coming their own way, like, you know, you have parents driving and stuff like that, you guys are not sharing a team bus, that's okay, but you have to be dressed in the car. So when you're, when you come to the gym and you walk in that gym, you're already in the, you know, the predetermined dress code before that, that, um, that match. And, and also like when you're at the airport, you know, if you have to go on, if you have to fly out and do things, you know, your team should be in team apparel for the airport when you walk through the airport whatever agreed upon dress code whether it's pants and the hoodie or pants and the t-shirt or whatever the case is you guys are wearing that okay very very simple and it's important if if you don't think this is important stuff guys um you might want to check your culture on your team uh and or maybe you might want to start implementing some of this stuff because i can tell you based on my 13 years i think 13 or 14 years of coaching competitive ball it's like i think it's 13 that the way you dress plays a role in the championship culture. I, I'm, I'm telling you, it is a fact. And there's a reason why professional teams and other teams, they have dress codes. There's a dress code. There's a reason why there's dress codes. It's because of things like that. So I gave you a little snippet of things that we have inside our men's volleyball manual, as well as, you know, when I coached club, we had the relatively the same things that I talked about there where it comes to the player agrees to and this and that and, and the dress code and stuff like that. There's a, there's a lot of other things in there too that I'm not going to get a chance to get to. But um, if you are a Digital Volleyball Academy member, you have my entire men's volleyball manual inside the membership. So go take a look at that. You can literally download it and then um, rewrite your manual and you can use my manual as a, as a guide point. So that's kind of helpful for my members. Um, if you're not a member of DVA, I, I gave you a really good start, but I want you to start thinking about, you know, what is it about you? What is it about your culture, your beliefs that you want to instill in your players? And I want you to write it down and include it in this manual. 
Okay, it's really important. I want you to have that. So at the end, when they have this manual, we expect our players to know these things. They're not just signing away and not and forgetting about it. So we actually assess their ability to retain this information, to know it. They have to. It's part of their it's part of the requirement for athletes on our team. And if they don't, there's consequences. <laughs> So we give them an assessment. It's like a fun, like we'll do like a fun Kahoot test. You guys hear me talk about Kahoot all the time. And if players get things wrong, like they're gonna they're gonna get punished. Or I, I should I should punish is such a harsh word, but there's gonna be a consequence. They have to know this. It's like you know the way the way I always tell my players, I'm like, do, would you want a, a brain if you're getting brain surgery done? Would you want a brain surgeon that got 100% on their exam or one that got 70% on their exam? Well, obviously you're gonna probably say the 100%. Well, that's the way I, I'm like. I want my players to know our manual 100% of the time, right? And it's not that it's not as hard as brain surgery exam. It's a simple manual that is very very simple to understand, and many of it should be intuitive anyways. So we give them. Uh, we give we give them an assessment, and if they don't do it, they have to get it right until we could continue. They have to. It's just it is what it is. They have to know the manual. Um, so that's it. That's that's kind of an idea. That's my that's a little secret ingredient. Honestly, is um, no one you know I I don't I don't know if people talk about the the player coach contract or uh, the men's volleyball or women's volleyball manual, but every team should have one. Uh, and without a doubt, it's it's going to change your program's culture a hundred percent when players start realizing that it, this is what it is. If you are uh, a coach out there and you want access to this live training that I gave, um, which is much more than this, um, just sign up for the waitlist. Go to digitalvolleyballacademy.com. Sign up for the waitlist. Um, and even if you're just interested in joining the membership to help grow as a coach, we, we do live trainings all the time. You have access to all my resources, my behind the scenes to our gym, our t- all t- all the tutorial videos, uh, inside DVA for all the skills in the game. You get access to everything, not to mention the amazing coaches community that we have inside DVA. Uh, but um, just sign up at digitalvolleyballacademy.com and you can definitely get no- get notified when doors open again. And uh, hopefully this helped you guys today. I really appreciate the time we've taken to listen to this episode. Um, go right now today, plan your, your, your manual, your women's volleyball manual or your men's volleyball manual, plan it out, start getting it written up and you'll see when your team starts being held accountable, it's written, it's in there, you're gonna see your culture change. I guarantee you're gonna see it change, all right? That's it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Volleyball by Design podcast. I will see you guys next week. Take care. All right, cue the music. Look, are you at the stage you want to be in your volleyball journey? How would it feel to get clarity on your training? And instead of taking months to get better, you could improve in weeks, if not days. When I was a young coach and player, I felt this way all the time. The truth is, after I got some great advice on how to be efficient, my learning curve grew exponentially. Let me show you how to be more efficient and effective in this game. I invite you to check out CoachBTraining.com for more resources that you can use to take your game to the next level. I look forward to helping you reach your volleyball goals.